Welcome to the Heart of Money podcast, where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of your life, and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to make better money management choices, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. Hey folks, welcome back to the Heart of Money, episode 73. I'm your host, Austin Black, joined by Mr. Bob Wester, my co-host, who I've not seen in approximately three weeks, nine days, and ten and a half hours. How are you today, sir? I, I'm surprised that you were counting. It's like it's like you almost miss me. I feel it right there. I'm all right. How about you? I am tired. I am busy, but I'm glad to be here talking about money because everyone likes money. Everyone loves to talk about money. Well, not just us two. That's that's why we're here. We're, we're ready for a good show. It's going to be fun tonight. It's yeah, light life is is crazy busy, but it's good. God's blessed us, and uh, it's nice just to kind of sit back and actually talk to someone about something besides kids and work. Yeah, yeah, I, I know the feeling. I finished up a a quick season of t-ball and coaching again, so. We have now progressed on into the fall, and uh, we'll see you, you what happens playing, next spring. Right? But I was, I was, I was the busiest kid <laughs> on the team. So, funny thing was, when I was playing t-ball, I was wearing the same size shirt as I do now. But that's another story. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you did. So, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, man, what, one of the things that I have heard. A lot lately is about financial fears and something that we don't ever really get into, but it just, it's hard to not let your fears dictate your future. I feel like, I mean, whether, whether that's, that's money or life experience. I mean, I think we all kind of have those past memories that, um, that impact the way that we think about things what what's uh i'm just gonna kind of open up this this conversation to the floor because there's there's really no no specific direction that i that i want to take outside of how we overcome financial fears and, and how we don't let them dictate our future how we kind of um you know change our mindset around that um but i kind of i want to give you a chance to to share your thoughts before i, I jump in with mine because this is it's it's a a scenario that i think we have all dealt with but few of us really are able to overcome it. It seems like what's been your, your experience. That's a, that's a deep question for me to just try to come up off the top of my head on <laughs> financial fears. I, I can think of different job situations where I did or didn't take a job because how much it did or didn't pay or there were other situations yep. where I took a job just to take the job to get the experience and then realized later that it didn't pay much. Um, I was much younger at that point. Um, but I think a lot of my history has been a lot of research and understanding what the ins and outs of something is and what it's going to pay. Um, from a, from an income standpoint, from a, 
spending or how much something would cost. Um, I run into that on occasion. You know, we, we talk about budgeting and having sinking funds. And when I get a sinking fund, I, I really just don't want to use that money for stuff. Um, and I look at car repairs as being one of those things that I've got the money set aside for it, but I really don't want to spend that money. I'd rather maintain than have something break down. Yep. Um, I mean, this is a very broad category for financial fears. Um, I, I guess you could break it down to things that could go wrong and your fear of not having the funds available to take care of that. Um, was there anything specific that you're looking for as far as, you said you weren't looking at any specific direction, but is there a path that would be more in the eyes of Austin think, Black than the the thing that kind of pops into my mind whenever I think of just financial fears is <clears throat> those experiences that we have with money or around money that shape our mindset, that shape our behaviors or actions in the future. Um, like you know, I know <clears throat> you know growing up. Not that that money was scarce, but it wasn't um, plentiful necessarily. So, you know, so I had some fears early on in life about, am I actually going to make enough to accomplish my my dreams and my goals? Or was, am I going to work, you know, all my life and just have enough to get by? <clears throat> and it, it seems like a lot of times the way that we learn about money whether that be from our parents, from our teachers, from our friends, sometimes just our, our experiences kind of shape how we perceive money. And it's not always in the most positive light, not always in the most um, accurate light. You know, unfortunately, financial education is something that's missing in a lot of, a lot of society <clears throat> or what the education is, is, is flawed, frankly. Um, but that that's kind of the the concept that I I think of in this topic is, you know what what were were things that shaped how I thought about money, where I've seen others think about money, and and how can that be, you know if it's a negative concept, how can that be overcome so it doesn't doesn't dictate the way that you manage money the rest of your entire life? I would say my background in growing up. I'm not going to say that money wasn't an object, but it wasn't ever a high concern. Um, mm -hmm. We we were able to go on trips. We were able to afford things. Um, we were primarily a one income household. My mom would do different jobs on occasion. Um, but it, we never really had a fear of going without. Uh, I, yep. I think part of that was, and maybe we've talked about this before, a a mindset that is continuing on with me that the generation prior to my parents helped to pave the way for them as I'm now paving the way for my kids and setting them up for financial success. Um, mm hmm without getting to the point of teaching them yet other than just kind of basic principles. Um, I, I remember one of the earliest things was um, shopping at Aldi before Aldi was cool. And, you know, 
you didn't want to be seen at Aldi because it was the poor store or, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, you know, you get into college and you get out on your own and why would you go anywhere besides Aldi? Um, but it was, it was kind of that image thing. You know, the kids that wore the Air Jordans yep. and I didn't have Air Jordans, but I had a, a shoe budget and I know we've talked about that before. I, I still stick to that same dollar amount here 25 plus years later. Um, Cause you can still get shoes for those prices. Surprisingly enough. Amen to that. Um, yeah. And they're not discount dollar store shoes. They're, they're decent shoes. I, mean, <laughs> I remember going to what circus, whatever, or the different shoe stores that were discount and, you know, they were still name brand. Um, but it really just never had a, a point where we were scraping by, but I think my parents were very savvy with how they spent and how they saved. Mm -hmm. And I know another conversation we probably had is they didn't talk about money. Um, yep. So it was never addressed with us. So one way or the other, which we didn't I find that really interesting we <clears throat> from your angle, the fact that your parents didn't talk about money but yet the way that they acted didn't cause you to be concerned about money. It was like, it was, it wasn't that it was non-existent, but it was not, it was a non-issue. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, kind of, of a little bit of the same way on my, my growing up money wasn't talked about, you know, in depth, but again, it was that concept of the actions that, that are the decisions and the actions <clears throat> that we're taking and making teach a lot that isn't talked about you know that, that saying you know more more is, is uh is caught than taught um mm -hmm. and i i guess i i see that a lot um in people developing these these fears because maybe it isn't talked about but then what they see lends them to have that fear right if mm -hmm. if they grew up in in a household or even just in their adult life experienced situations where money was so tight that it did cause concern or maybe money was so plentiful that it brought, um, it brought almost this, this idolization of money that, you know, we are affluent and that's what we hold our standard to, which I think that can also kind of bring in a fear. Mm -hmm. well, what am I going to do if I don't have it? Because I am so used to have it. I can't, you know, yeah. I don't want to lose it. I think it can come from that side too. I mean, does, does any of that kind of, of spark anything with you? Um, maybe a random thought comes to my mind of credit cards that you have uh -huh. kids in college that they grew up in a more affluent household. And when they go out on their own, they're not in the position that their parents are. And I, I think there's, there's a stat of kids wanting to be where their parents are 30 years ahead or whatever the don't <laughs> yeah. quote me on it. Cause I don't remember the actual stat, but it was something about getting there faster <laughs> simply because they have gotten used to a certain lifestyle. And that's a place where credit cards really make their money because you've got college kids fresh or freshly graduated, um, that are putting money on a card or buying things on a card because it's the lifestyle they're used to, but they don't have the funds to pay for it. 
and they haven't been taught otherwise um, to where they pay the minimum balance, you know, or they pay, the card says pay this much. So I paid that much. And why did they charge me interest? Because I paid what they told me to pay, you know, and now they've had to get that CFPB or whoever else in consumer protection has said, no, you have to outline that if you don't pay the full amount, this is how much it's going to cost you in X number of years and how long it'll take you to pay it off. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things that's sorely <coughs> missing in education is the concept of paying balances in full and paying interest. And you know, that for lack of a better term, that the $3 Snickers candy bar that ends up costing you four fifty <laughs> because yep. you didn't pay off your bill, you know, and that's putting it in, in small dollar terms. But I can tell you in many cases I saw in banking where people would go to a red box and a dollar DVD ended up costing them 10 bucks, ended up costing them an overdraft fee because they didn't have that $2 in their account because they kept the Redbox DVD for two days. Um, it, it's just, it's a learned concept and some people have to learn the hard way or they don't learn at all. Um, and I can see where that can be a real fear right. where either they didn't have the money or they did it and then they weren't balancing, they weren't keeping a budget. And now they're racking up charges that those items that, you know, were nickel dime things end up costing them ten, twenty dollars a piece. And I think a lot of times that an experience like that, it can almost make you afraid of your own financial aptitude. Because mm -hmm. you almost feel like you can't manage money, you don't have control, you you don't know how to to keep it. So you just, you automatically kind of put yourself in this position of no matter what I do, I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to have any money. <clears throat> I'm always going to be in debt. You know, there's this, this cycle of negative thinking because you just, you made some mistakes that cost you a lot of money. And in your particular situation environment, that was a big impact. And, mm -hmm. you know, I see, I see that kind of being what a lot of our fears I think are drawn to is, an extreme situation, not always extreme, but but most of the time to really have a, a, <clears throat> a damaging impact, it is a, an extreme situation where um, that was that was the only way that people knew how to handle money or 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 just thought that money was handled right. There wasn't ever any concept of there's a different way, there's a better way, and I think that that's where a lot of people. Um, put themselves into a trap because they just assume that that's how it's always going to be. And, you know, one of the things that I encourage people to do is number one, you have to face your fear. You have to admit that it is, is a, a limiting factor to, to your overall financial management, financial aptitude, whatever the case is. But then you also have to experience that counter situation which shows that that's not the reality. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. that takes, takes a good bit of courage really to put yourself in that spot to where you, it's either going to be another failure or you're going to win. And I, I've seen so many times where, uh, you know, you know, clients have, they've had an experience in the past that just scares the crap out of them because it causes pain. It causes turmoil. It's, it's, you know, emotionally and mentally challenging 
because money is personal, money is emotional, it affects every part of our life. Mm-hmm. And they're worried that's going to happen it again. Amplifies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like this. Oh my gosh, I, I am, you know, I'm going into this again. How's what's going to happen? How's this going to going to take place? And it can be as simple as saying no to a purchase that you thought you always had to have. Now that's a very poor example, but it could even be something where, um, because my money management has been so poor, when a when a decision comes up where. I get the opportunity to choose because I actually have the money now to choose. Okay. Am I going to make the right choice or is this choice going to have negative, negative connotation also that that's just, it's, it's an experience that you have to walk into with the courage that you can make the right decision. I think sometimes. Yeah. I, two things come to mind. One is the victim mentality that I can't get ahead. I'm stuck where I am. And no matter what I do, it's not going to turn out well. That's, that's the first acknowledgement is saying that you've got to get past that and saying my next decision will be better, or I'm going to learn from my decision rather than keep beating myself up because I'm taking the wrong path. Um, yep which leads to a paradigm shift, a change in outlook, a change in how you see things and going from a victim to a conqueror and not letting that last decision get the best of you, learning from it and doing better the next time. Um, I will tell you from years in banking and seeing overdraft fees where people make those $2 mistakes that turn into $38, $45, whatever mistakes, those can add up. And if they didn't have the $2, they sure as heck don't have the $220 that it's going to cost them because they made a bunch of purchases in one day and they weren't keeping track of them or didn't realize that the money wasn't there. Um, A lot of the stuff in banking now is to help people get a better handle on their funds, but it doesn't do anything unless they've got a plan on how they manage their money. It's, it's just the newest thing to help them short term. And unless they have a path that changes them from a victim mentality or from a, I can't get ahead mentality to an, I can overcome and I can manage my money to, I be, I can become wealthy even not just scraping by. Um, it really is a paradigm shift. It is a taking control of your situation and, making sure that you know where every dollar goes and being conscious of how you're spending it. Yeah. There is so much. I mean, we we could even take this to the level of, which I'm not going to go in deep on, but budgeting as a whole, there's so much fear around budgeting because Mm -hmm. Either one, you don't understand how it actually works. Two, you don't understand how to do it. Or three, you understand how it works. You understand how to do it, but then you aren't. You don't trust yourself to follow it. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of those <clears throat> can be quite frankly crippling if if they aren't addressed, if they aren't you know um, 
worked around to have the right attitude, the right mindset, the right way of thinking. Because if you, as you and I have talked about so many times before, you can let money be the controlling factor in your life. And no matter what you do, it's all based upon, upon what you do, what you don't have financially. It's everything mm-hmm. that you do is just, it's all geared to, do I have the money or, or if not, why don't I? Or you can approach it from the standpoint of you being in control of the money and dictating where it goes, when it goes, how it goes, you know, the, the one in the driver's seat. But if you don't have a solid understanding around how a budget works, how you handle it, and then yourself, you're never going to be in that position, you know, of, of taking control. So, yeah, you know, you said before that, that we could go very deep on this and we could. Um, that's why you and I do coaching. So we can go deep on that because battling your financial fears is something that surface level seems daunting. You peel away at the layers and, and there's always another opportunity. There's always another um, way of thinking and, and technique and mindset that can allow those fears to be overcome, to be diminished, to give you control, to give you confidence. And I think that a lot of times that that's what people just, they lack. <clears throat> that's why they come to people like us to coach. That's why they come to financial experts is because they are afraid of their, their money, of themselves, of the decisions that they should make, that they haven't made, that, that they don't want to make. There is a fear there of what's going to happen if I say yes or if I say no. And I, I feel like sometimes people get just so caught up in this fear life cycle that they never they never feel confident enough to get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can be very debilitating. Um, it, it can be a it can be a big pride thing is that, you know, everybody looks so well put together, but you know, I'm struggling and I don't want to share that with anybody. And that's the biggest hurdle for anybody is to say, you know what, I need help and I can't do this. And I'm either trying, or I just realize that what I'm doing is not working and everybody else seems to have together, but you're not looking at their credit card statements every month or how much money that they don't have, or, you know, the, the no cattle all hat thought process that yep. it, they, they show well, but they there's, there's no substance. So it, it really is getting past the pride and saying, I need the help and reaching out to somebody that can help and being able to change paths. And I'll take that even a step further and say that, that you don't see the conversations behind the door. You don't see yeah. the, the conflict and the struggle and the, the not verbal abuse, but verbal um, difficulty and challenges that a couple experiences when there's fear around your finances. I think that Mm -hmm. we, we, we can talk all about the visual um, positives, but you get to the heart and soul of money and financial fears. Like you said, it's it's, debilitating but then it also is it it can destroy a marriage it can destroy Mm -hmm. you personally because you don't know how to find that support with your spouse because you don't even understand yourself really how how to get that support so yeah that that's another level i think of 
you know, we don't see, we see the outside. We don't see what's behind that door. We don't see, you know, what's, what's on the statement. And I think we all deal with some level of financial fear. Maybe not always the, um, you know, how am I going to get by this month and what's going to happen next month? But there's, there's always some level of concern. And I think the, the healthy mm-hmm. financial fear <clears throat> is that of being cautious about what would happen if I made the wrong decision. You know, that, that, that's where yeah. you want to get people to is you don't want to be afraid of making the wrong decision, but you want to be cautious and mindful of, of what the wrong decision might be. Um, yeah, there's, it, it's, it's a subject that, that we dive into a lot with coaching. It's a subject that, that is very, um, vulnerable, very personal, very emotional, but it's also a subject that if you don't address it, 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 it can destroy you. It can, can limit you in every area of life. And it's, it's, um, it's scary sometimes what, what being afraid of your money can do to you, I think. Mm-hmm. But we're here to, to bring you support and encouragement and excitement. <clears throat> so we, we want to give people the, uh, the tools and tactics that they need to overcome those fears. Hire Bob and I to be your coach and you'll, you'll succeed. How's that sound? <laughs> I, it sounds good to me. It, it's taking that first step to say, Hey, can you help me? And that's, I always like being able to help somebody get started. Yep. Get on that new path. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So folks, if you are, if you're experiencing the, those fears, if you're experiencing the challenges and the turmoil and you just, you don't know how it's going to get better. Rest assured that number one, you're not alone. Number two, oh, yeah. there's someone that can help you. And number three, you can overcome that fear. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to Bob or myself. If you need support in that regard, um, be sure that you, that you don't stay in that position because that is your most dangerous spot to be in is staying in that fear, staying in that, that time of, of, uh, you don't trust yourself and that's never a good spot to be in. So, um, I think that that's the most encouraging point that I can bring to people tonight is, is there is hope, there is opportunity and we're here to help. That's right. You know, thoughts for you, Bob. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think it's, um, <laughs> This is what we're in our episode number 73, 74, somewhere in the, in the second year. And we are, uh, we seem to be shifting a little bit in how we are doing this podcast. And, uh, we've had some more priorities come up in our lives and we've had other things happen. And, uh, as we grow and mature ourselves, we have opportunities to help others. And, and I see that, uh, we can have more of an influence on those that are listening and, and appreciate it and know that we're not perfect either. Uh, there are fears that I know that I have that my wife and I talk through and who knows, we might have another uh, spouse uh, podcast <laughs> coming up here pretty soon to, uh, to peel those yeah. onions. So um, just know that one, you're not alone. And two, um, it is a continuous path of improvement that, every decision takes you one way or the other and, and you learn from what you do and, and how to do better. Um, and we're all somewhere on that path, um, moving forward and, uh, and learning as we go. Amen to that. Couldn't have said it better myself. 
absolutely another spouse episode coming at some point. It's always great to have the wives on here and <coughs> get their insight. Well, folks, uh, it's been a great episode. Glad to have you be a part of, of the continued um, episodes. And we'll see you again next week on The Heart of Money. <laughs>